MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch Audio Update for Sunday, November 30th, 2008. Got a week in review audio here for you today. Got a lot of stuff to go over from this past week, and we'll start with UFC 99, the report that will be held in Germany on June 13th, 2009, at the 20,000 seat Lanxess Arena in Cologne. Uh, the report was that over the UFC 91 weekend, Zufa signed a contract with. Uh, the leading European concert promoter, Merrick Lieberberg, to hold the event. And uh, the fight, rumored right now to be wanted for this, to headline this show, is Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell, number four. Now, both of these guys are coming off of losses. Both of these guys are in the twilight years of their career. Um, it's kind of sad to say that for Chuck Liddell at the moment, but it's, it's the case when he's dropped three of his last four, and it's very clear that he doesn't have what he used to. And unless something dramatic changes with that, uh, I mean, that's the perception that's going to be held for uh, Chuck Liddell. Uh, so it, it could be a good fight. I, I think it's a better fight for Chuck than um, the Anderson Silva one would have been. And I think it'll be a nice kind of legend matchup, but as uh, Jason Bett kind of hinted to in his article on this uh, late this week, it's more like uh, an exhibition between the two legends than really a matchup that's going to um, be really important, although um, if Chuck decides to move up to heavyweight and has some success there, that uh, division is thin enough where, with his name value, he could uh, he could he could do some damage up there. Um, we got some more uh, announcements this week on Fight Night 17 um, for February 7th. That is the uh, tentative date right now. It hasn't been officially announced, but we've got three fights that um, look to be taking place on this card. The first of which is the Amir Sadala versus Nick Catone fight that was supposed to happen at UFC 90 uh, at 91 before um, Sadala went down with a with a leg injury and or a leg infection and was pulled off of that card. Um, the other fight is between the two losers of the two big uh, the two main fights at Fight Night 15 in Omaha. Mac Danzig and Josh Neer are facing off against each other. Um, Danzig lost a decision to Clay Guida that night, and then Neer, of course, lost that main event to um, Nate Diaz. Uh, the other fight on that card looks to be Hermes Franca and Joe Lauzon um, facing off. Both of, their com both of them are coming off of victories after suffering some losses this year. But both are exciting fighters to watch, and it should be a, a highly entertaining night of fights so far. And you know, with with it being free on Spike TV, you, you really can't complain about what they've already got uh, set up so far. Um, back to that UFC 99 story with the original um, rumors of Anderson Silva and Chuck Liddell taking place at UFC 95. Um, the, the Sun newspaper in the UK is uh, 
still speculating on who Silva's opponent could be at 95 because he's still slated to headline. And the report they had this week was that it could be the loser of one of the two big light heavyweight fights at 92, which is, of course, Forrest Griffin against Rashad Evans and Quentin Jackson against Vanderlei Silva. Um, this is unlikely to happen because there's such a short turnaround. It's about an eight-week turnaround between those two events, and it'd be really hard for um, any of those guys to get in a good training camp uh, to take on Anderson. And so it's um, probably not going to be one of those four. When it comes to light heavyweights, uh, I could see them putting in Keith Jardine in that fight. That'd be an interesting fight for Jardine. It'd be um, a tough competitor, but with the way Jardine has been knocked out before, I don't think that would be the greatest fight for him either. Um, after that, it's 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 tough with who you put it put him in there with, and uh, I suppose we we've got to wait until. Uh, they make an actual announcement and an actual decision, or we get some more rumblings on who that will be. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. Uh, Strike Force held their uh, destruction event on the 21st last weekend, uh, or a uh, little over a week ago. Um, and at that event, Hinato Babalu Sabral picked up the Strike Force Light Heavyweight Championship. Um, defeating Bobby Southworth due to uh, a cut uh, around Southworth's eye that was really nasty. Um, but And then also on that show, Kim Couture picked up her first professional victory um, after losing her debut. Uh, speaking of light heavyweights, we're doing our um, rankings each week uh, until we get them all covered, and we did heavyweights last week, and we got light heavyweights going this full uh, previous week. Um, each of our staff members have put up their reasonings for it, and our overall light heavyweight rankings were uh, number one, of course, Forrest Griffin, number two, Quentin Rampage Jackson, number three, Rashad Evans, number four, Lyoto Machida, number five, Vanderlei Silva, number six, Chuck Liddell, number seven, Keith Jardine, Number 8, Tiago Silva. Number 9, Mauricio Shogunhua. And number 10, Luis Kane. So that was uh, the overall top 10 for the torch. There's still time right now to uh, get involved in the public ticket auction for UFC's Fight Night 16, Fight for the Troops. Um, they're holding the auction through tomorrow. Um, there's 30 tickets available to the public, and it's a, a chance to be at the event um, that will be just a, a really cool thing to be involved with, with all the Armed Forces members there uh, watching the show, and with uh, the money going to the uh, Intrepid Fallen Forces Fund uh, to, to build that hospital for traumatic brain injuries. Uh, it, it's just a really worthy cause if you've got the money and you'd get a chance to go there. Um, the other auction they're doing for that is the UFC VIP experience, which is uh, an amazing promotion that they're pulling off, where um, not only are you going to get flown to the event of your choice to see the fighter, to see your favorite fighter, you're going to be put up in the UFC's hotel, um, you're going to 
get to hang out with them and get access during all of the pre-show events, the weigh-ins, all of that stuff you'll get on press end and access there. And then on fight night, you're going to get to be in the locker room with them as they're getting ready for the fight. You get to walk out with the entourage. Uh, you get to be cage side for the fight, and if they win, they're going to let you in the octagon to celebrate with that fighter. So it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime type thing with all of the money going to uh, that intrepid fallen heroes fund that they're going for so uh, just if you've got the money in these tough times i i, I the, the bid last i saw was um much higher than my price range but if you've got it that is something that would be uh a, an amazing thing to be a part of so definitely check that out um with ufc 91 we got early estimates this week on the pay-per-view buys and well it's uh, definitely short of Dana White's 1.2 million claim. Um, it looks to be a resounding success uh, on pay-per-view in the climate we're in economically right now. Um, it, again, it falls short of the Tito Ortiz Chuck Liddell UFC 66 buy rate, which had just over a million buys. But the early estimates right now from Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer look to be somewhere in the 850,000 range. Um, and again, that'll, that could go up, but it probably did not uh, surpass a million buys. But still, um, to be the second highest grossing on pay-per-view event for the UFC um, and pulling those numbers the way the economy is right now to get that many people... To, to drop down that money when they're really struggling for it as it is, is uh, a, an impressive feat, to say the least, and look for them to continue that momentum with the cards they've got lined up with um, UFC 92 being stacked and then UFC 90, uh, 94 with George St. Pierre and BJ Penn. That's going to be um, big as well. Well, on the... That's, that's the good note for the UFC this week on the uh, kind of dis a little bit disappointing note. This week we had a, a couple of uh, decent big-name releases from the UFC, including George Gergel following his loss at UFC 91 uh, has been released, and he was picked up immediately by Strikeforce. Um, pretty much Strikeforce sent out the uh, press release on, on George's signing <laughs> almost before George's release was reported. So um, George found himself a home very quickly, and uh, it's it'll be good to see that he'll at least get a chance um, to, to rebuild it up. But as we talked about in our post-fight uh, audio from UFC 91, it's, it's, Gurgel's got the ground game to be a dominant MMA fighter, and he doesn't use it. I mean, he, he, he's, he's the jiu-jitsu trainer for many fighters, and he doesn't use it in his own fights enough. He wants to stand up and brawl. He wants to stand up and put on a good show. And, yeah, he got a fight of the night bonus at UFC 91, and with as many losses as he's had in the organization, they they dropped him. So um, we'll, we'll see if he changes up his style at all. We'll, and... Uh, Depending on how many years he's got left, he could find himself back in the UFC because he's an exciting fighter, 
and he's fun to watch, but it, it would be nice to see him utilize the skills that he has to actually be a winning fighter. Um, the other major name released this week was Sokaju, the light heavyweight uh, who just most recently lost to Luis Kane at uh, UFC 89 in October. Um, Sokaju came in with a ton of expectations and a ton of momentum um, from bursting onto the scene in Pride, and he lost to Lyoto Machida in his opening bout in his opening fight, and then lost to Luis Kane at UFC 89 with one win in between there. But basically, I mean, he's got a lot of talent. He's a young fighter. Uh, I expect that he'll get himself back to the UFC at some point. But for the moment, I mean, he's he was unable to finish Kane and gassed himself out in the second round and was on the wrong end of a TKO. And that lack of cardio and him gassing might be um, all attributed to the gigantic frame that he has at 205 and the amount of muscles that he has on that uh, body of his. And, you know... If, if he moved up to heavyweight, it might be a different story. Um, but, again, we'll, we'll see where Sokaju ends up following his release. Um, but we haven't received anything on that. Um, and, finally, the last piece of news this week was World Victory Road announcing that former Elite XC heavyweight champion Antonio Silva will be fighting on their January 4th Sengoku 7 event. Um, this is coming despite the fact that Silva is under a one-year suspension from the California State Athletic Commission because he tested positive for Boldenone following his title win at the Unfinished Business event in July for Elite XC. Um, he appealed that ruling and lost it in October. Um, and so he's still going to take this fight, and he's going to fight on this card, and he's still claiming innocence and all of that, but he's going to end up blackballing himself from US, U.S. events for circumventing the um, suspension here and for taking the taking the, the booking despite being suspended for steroid, uh, for testing positive for steroid use. So... Um, Kind of disappointing to, to see a fighter go that route, but we'll see if, if he gets a chance back here in the States again or not. But at the moment, you know, that, that is what it is. Um, this week we rolled out the second edition of our Writer's Roundtable. And as with last week's Writer's Roundtable, Matt Pelkey is providing us with the questions. And uh, some of our staff members are providing their answers. This week we were asked, um, uh, will there be a viable second promotion in five years? Um, where would you like to see the UFC run a show outside of your hometown that they haven't run yet? Um, and then what are your guilty pleasures in MMA? So uh, we had answers this week from Alex Williams, uh, Sean Ennis, Frank Hyden, and Matt Pelkey himself, along with mine. Um, as far as there being a viable second promotion in the next five years, uh, I honestly don't believe so. I think there will be multiple smaller organizations running shows, uh, possibly even having TV, 
but nothing will be at a UFC level. It'll be more like UFC is the clear major leagues. UFC will be to MMA what MLB is to baseball, what NFL is to football. Um, and you could still have some other smaller uh, organizations running shows for amateur fighters or young professional fighters looking to make a name for themselves, kind of as the minor league system to get up into the UFC, to kind of make a name for themselves before they hit the big show. Uh, I, I honestly think that's uh, what the landscape will look like in five years. Um, again, we could all be proven wrong on that, but I, I honestly don't see a clear number two competitor emerging for MMA, and I don't know that if it did, it would be the best thing for the sport. Our second question was, with the UFC expanding into new territories seemingly every day, what city or country do you want most want to hold want, most want them to hold an event? One caveat: can't be your hometown. There are a lot of U.S. cities that deserve to get uh, UFC action. A lot of branches in the American market that they still need to break into, and those will come. But to really complete the global expansion that they're trying to do, they need to get into Japan. They need to get to that Pride fan base into the whole. Um, group of fans that have gone for other MMA products over there. They need to win over the Japanese market with the UFC product, and that will really show how much they have expanded um, their product. Uh, and then the final question of the week was, what are your guilty pleasures in MMA, um, i.e. fighters in or aspects of an organization you're not inclined to admit you like. So um, we had a variety of answers from our contributors. You can definitely check that out on the main page. But for me, myself, it's the post-fight antics. You know, people talk about, people complained about the disrespect, uh, quote-unquote, shown towards Heath Herring by Brock Lesnar. Um, people complain about BJ Penn licking the blood off his gloves after a win. Uh, any number of fighters that, do their backflips or showboat or have little movements that they do when they win. That aspect of pro sports for me, um, whether in football, in hockey, in baseball, in anything, any type of um, over-exaggerated show of showmanship or uh, excitement from the players, that really gets me excited as a fan. I mean, that the whole showmanship deal is what makes sports rooting for. I mean, you have certain figures in each sport that people either love or they hate, but you still want to see them and see something happen to them, and those personalities are what make people spend their money. It's what makes sports worth watching week in and week out. I mean, in the NFL, from Deion Sanders to uh, Randy Moss to a lesser extent T.O., uh, it's been highly enjoyable for me as a football fan, to watch those players through the years. And those are those have always been my favorite players. I mean, in the NHL, too, you've got guys doing, uh, trying to come up with u new, unique celebration ways once they score a goal. you got it all through youth sports and college sports and NHL as well. I mean, it's not as prevalent as the end zone dance in football, but... That's still something that's an exciting part of sports for me, so to, to see it in MMA as well is something that I really enjoy watching. There's a lot of people who 
don't. There's a lot of people who think it's disrespectful. There's a lot of people who just think it has no business in this sport. And, you know, I respectfully dis disagree with that take because, uh, I mean, it's what makes me really connect with uh, the personality that's being presented. It's what makes me want to see a fighter again. Outs if, if they're a good fighter and they're entertaining as well, it makes me want to see him even more than if they're just a good fighter. So, um, plain and simple, I, I mean, you look at stuff like that, and it's, sadly, it's part of the reason why Lyoto Machida still hasn't gotten a, a title fight, um, because he doesn't have that it factor in terms of star power, and he doesn't have the exciting, quote-unquote, fights for many people. I... For one, think it's a travesty that he hasn't gotten a title shot, and I think if he beats Thiago Silva, it'll be far too past uh, the point of denying him a shot anymore, and he should get that shot. But at the same time, I can see why they haven't put him in there in a title opportunity spot um, to this point, just from the way that the UFC does business. So again, that's that's just my take on it. Many people have different takes on it, but that's my one real guilty pleasure in MMA. I, I just enjoy watching characters. I enjoy watching um, just showmen, plain and simple, in sports. So that's what it is for me. Well, thank you for listening again to this uh, return week and review edition of the Torch Audio Update. Um, uh, hopefully some of you are listening to this on your iPhones with our application that w and updated uh, podcast feed that we launched out a little over a week ago. And uh, if you haven't checked it out yet and you've got an iPhone, it's uh, definitely worth picking up to get all of your news and updates and opinions on the world of MMA on your phone. And if you have a BlackBerry or any other WAP-enabled phone, you can also get, that, uh, get our site in an up new, a completely new interface and all of that to, to check out the site. So um, thank you for listening in once again. And check out um, our new feature from one of our new contributors, Mark Patching, his fan bar without the grill. It's kind of his take each week on the goings-on in the news of MMA. Um, we've got a article from Greg Parks at PW Torch um, crossing over about why uh, pro wrestlers jump to MMA and why it might continue. We've got uh, Jason Bent's take on Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture, as well as um, the things he's thankful for this week. Um, I provided my Christmas wish list for what I would like to see the rest of the for the rest of the year. Um, that's another article on the site. Um, plus, plenty of news and uh, article updates from throughout the week. So. Definitely check those out on the main site. And uh, once again, thank you for listening to the Torch Audio Update. This is Jamie Panic signing off.